If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity. Today is part two of our exploration into something very, very important that Jesus said, and it's found in Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Now you might remember we discovered in part one that God chose you and me for life. He chose us out of millions and millions of choices. At any one time, the average male has 400 million sperm and the average female releases one or two eggs. So when your mother and father came together, there were millions and millions of possible combinations, at least 400 million possible babies. And from all those choices, God chose you. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, God said, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. You are not the result of some random choice. God knew you before he formed you. He chose you. Then he formed you in your mother's womb. And when he chose you, He had a plan and a purpose in mind. God dreamed a dream of what you could be if you gave him your whole heart. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now, does that sound like what we have grown to accept as Christianity? where God is 10th on our list of priorities. When Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, does that sound like the half-hearted, lukewarm faith we often accept as real today? No, it doesn't. Does that sound like it's okay to love God third or sixth or tenth in our lives? No, it doesn't. God, who chose you for life, is calling you to love him above all others. Now, here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, 
verse 26 and 27. If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Now, what is Jesus saying here? As we discussed in part one, the Bible does call us to love our husband, our wife, our children, our mothers, our fathers. But what Jesus is saying is this. You must love me more if you want to be my disciple. You must love me more, much more than all of these if you want to follow me and be my disciple. Now, why is Jesus saying this? Because he knows that it is only when we love him first above all others. It is only when we love him first and follow him above all others. It's only when we love him first and value his teachings above all others that we can find our true God-given destiny. It is only when you love him first and above all else that God can bring forth in you and through you all the wonderful plans and purposes and dreams he dreamed for you when he chose you for life, chose you one in 400 million choices. And if God chose you one in 400 million choices, and me too, then we are special, special to God. And isn't it terrible? And isn't it tragic when we don't live up to the plans and purposes and dreams God had for us after choosing us among so many? the plans and purposes and dreams he wanted for us. Isn't it terrible? Isn't it tragic when after we were chosen for life, we then waste that life bogged down in loving other things, chasing other things, embracing other things, loving other people more than God? Isn't it a terrible waste if we don't choose to love God with all our heart and with all our soul and mind and strength after he chose us for life. You know, we should be like flowers that turn their faces to the sun and bask in its heat. We should turn our hearts and minds to God and bask in his love. But we so often don't. We love other things more, other people more, our own lives and plans more. And isn't that terrible? Isn't that tragic? I'm not talking about do's and don'ts. That may be religion, but it's not real Christianity. And I'm not talking about going to church. Thank God for church, but there are many people in church because they think it's their duty to be there, or their wife made them go, or they're doing God a favor. No, that's an unhappy way to live. I have a friend who goes to church because he feels he has to. His wife wants him there, and he feels he's providing a good example for his children. But the overriding, life-changing love for God is not there. That type of religion produces a slow death. We begin to die spiritually because the love is not there. And when the overriding, life-changing love for Jesus is not there, we begin to die. And that's why Jesus said, 
If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. 600 years ago, God spoke to Martin Luther, and God gave Martin Luther a revelation. The just shall live by faith. Of course, that truth was clearly presented by Jesus and the writers of the Bible, but apparently, over time, people had forgotten it. It had faded from their minds, and people began to think you could buy your way into heaven with money. But you cannot buy your way into heaven. There's only one way. It's by loving Jesus, by faith in Jesus, and so the just shall live by faith. And until Martin Luther proclaimed it, it was a lost truth. Today, the same can be said of loving God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. Jesus said we must love God above all else, but we have forgotten he said it. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. He said that, but we've forgotten it. We think our half-baked, lukewarm Christian walk is enough to be his disciple, but it isn't. We think going to church and dropping an offering in the plate is enough, but it isn't. We think keeping a list of do's and don'ts, all the while making God tenth on our list of priorities, is enough, but it's not enough to be his disciple. Only one thing is enough, and it's everything. Jesus said you shall love, shall love, shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That is the forgotten revelation God is giving you and me today. That's the forgotten truth that will change our lives. That is the forgotten door which, if you will enter, leads to a life fulfilled in God's eyes, a life that brings to reality all the plans and purposes and dreams God dreamed for you, wanted for you, when he knew you and formed you in your mother's womb. Jesus, in his great loving kindness, is calling out to you and to me. He says, love me with all your heart, above all others, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be with me. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple. Not everyone is. What happens to someone who calls himself a Christian but is not a disciple of Jesus, doesn't love Jesus above all others? What happens to someone who calls themselves a Christian but doesn't abide in Christ, doesn't remain in Christ? Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. 
even if they call themselves a Christian, people who don't remain Christ's disciples, people who don't remain loving Jesus first wither and are gathered together to be burned. I'm not trying to scare you with this message. I'm trying to show you a better way to live your Christian life if right now your first and greatest love is not Jesus. I'm trying to show you a better and in fact the only way you can abide in Christ and be found in Him today and on Judgment Day. You need to love Jesus with all your heart. Real Christianity is sponsored by the Personal Injury Law Offices of Attorney Mosley Collins. If you or a loved one has been badly hurt, you need wise legal counsel. You should call Attorney Mosley Collins and his staff in Sacramento at 916-444-4444. When you call, you will get a free phone consultation. Attorney Mosley Collins has been helping injured clients for over 25 years. It costs nothing to call and there is never a fee until he wins your case. Just remember, that's all fours for legal help. Now let's get back to today's message. Thank you, darling. We've been talking about how, for our sakes, Jesus said we should love him above all other things in our life. Now that's a big love and a great love. Now let me show you in the Bible an example of having this great love for Jesus. There was someone Jesus said loved him greatly. Do you remember who it was? Let me read to you the story. It's found in Luke chapter seven, verses 36 through 50. Then one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know what manner of woman this is who is touching him for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Teacher, say it. <coughs> there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him $500 and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Jesus said, You have rightly judged. Then Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. 
Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this that even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Here is a woman whom Jesus said loved much. She loved Jesus much, and she showed it. The story says that her sins, which were many, were forgiven. Her faith saved her. And the story implies that Simon, the Pharisee, who it seems did not love Jesus at all, his sins were not forgiven, and he wasn't saved, at least on that day. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, those who come to him, believe in him, follow him, are forgiven. And who comes to Jesus? Who believes in Jesus? Who follows Jesus? Those that love him. We know from John 3.16 and other passages that God loves us, and some of us love him back. I know God loves you and me deeply, and we should love him back with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, and with all our strength. That's what God calls us to do, putting him first place and nothing less. My sins which are many, have been forgiven by God. And I love Jesus with all my heart because those who have been forgiven much love much. The sins of Simon the Pharisees were many, but they weren't forgiven because he didn't love Jesus. He didn't receive him as God's son who had the power to forgive sins, and he didn't ask for forgiveness. Now, I said my sins are many, and whether you realize it or not, your sins also are many. You and I, our sins are many. And we have a choice of being like one of the two people in this story. We can be like Simon the Pharisees, who, who love not at all, and our sins will not be forgiven. Or we can be like the woman who loved completely, totally, with her whole heart, and whose sins were forgiven. You and I, our sins are many. Someone may say, well, Mosley, my sins aren't that bad. I try to live a good Christian life. To that, let me say this as gently as I can. You are mistaken. You and I, we are blind and forgetful to many of our sins, and we are prone to pride gossip, lust, covetousness. We are often self-seeking, putting ourselves first, and are overly critical. And by our deeds, we will not be justified. Someday we will stand before God. On that day, all those who thought their deeds were righteous will be shocked and dismayed. One look in our direction from the Holy Son of God and all our righteousness will turn to filthy rags. Our righteous deeds will be shown and seen to have been motivated by envy, greed, and by our own self-interest. You and I, our sins are many. So we have a choice to be like Simon, placing our confidence in ourselves and loving Christ a little or not at all, or to be like the woman, 
falling down at his feet, loving Jesus first before all others and before all things. The choice is ours. But remember, those that are forgiven, who are forgiven nothing, love not at all. And those who are forgiven a little, love a little. But those who are forgiven much, love much. And those who are forgiven fully and completely and forever, love Jesus fully and completely and forever. So, what is your choice? I pray you will choose to be like this woman. I pray you will see that your sins are many. I pray you will choose to have your sins forgiven fully and completely and forever. I pray you will love Jesus with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. You can do this once you see that Jesus calls you to love him above all others, above your family, above yourself. You can decide to do this. It starts with a prayer that God loves to answer, loves to say yes to. So will you pray it with me? If you will, pray with me now. Dear God, cause me to love you first, above all others, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Real Christianity. For more help, you can visit our website, ingodslove.com. That's ingodslove.com or call us at 916-444-4444. Now, here is a final word from Mosley. I don't want to end today's program without giving you, my dear listener, a chance to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Jesus came into the world to save people like you and me. Do you know why we celebrate Easter? It's the day we celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And since he rose from the dead, he's alive right now, and you can know him as your savior. If you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, will you pray with me right now to receive him into your heart, to have your sins forgiven, and to receive the gift of eternal life? Yes? Then pray after me, Lord Jesus, Forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you sincerely pray that simple prayer, you are forgiven and you have Jesus living in you. He will not leave you or forsake you as you walk with him. If you want more help praying to receive Jesus as your Savior, call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. I will pray with you, and I will send you a free Bible. And join me here for the next broadcast of Real Christianity. If you would like Mosley to speak at your church or Bible study, call us at 916-ALL-FOURS. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you.
If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. My dear listeners, I want to send you each week encouraging phone messages or emails selected by me personally from the Word of God, and it's all free. All you have to do is call us at 916-444-4444 or go to our website, myrealchristianity.com and enroll a phone number or email address. And I will begin sending you each week short messages drawn from the Word of God to strengthen you and to remind you how much God loves and cares for you. These short messages are designed to build your faith For as the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. So I hope you will call us at all fours or go to our website and enroll a phone number or email address so you can begin receiving these free gifts from God's Word. 